Hey, Luke, how are you? Oh, who's ready for a really exciting episode filled with happiness and sunshine? And- oh, I'm not. No. I'm ready for violence and <laughs> war all the time. <laughs> he chose poorly. <laughs> Uh, you know what's amazing about you saying that? That I it's completely there. abandoned Gen Z who we desperately need. I was there at that spot where Indiana Jones. I was there. This beautiful church been around for a, a millennia. Instead, you're just like, Indiana Jones! Indiana Jones! Indy! <laughs> Actually, it was a pagan temple before. Dude, name the dog Indy? It was? Yeah. No, nah, that's yeah, not so a it pagan a- temple. It, it, had the, it had the Crusaders on it. It's in the movie. <laughs> no, no, no! You're wrong. No, there is another building that looks just like it's a monastery from the third century. That's further down, but the main one that you see. Oh my goodness! That is, I can't remember what it's called. I have a picture of. It. I have a lithograph of it. Even when the pagan temples are better than your modern churches, maybe it's time to rethink our entire architecture strategy of the of the last. <laughs> that probably sounded like a blurb. Our entire architectural strategy of the last half yeah. century. No. You know, I I've started to read into some of the the like why did we make these decisions? And I'm sure that you are, are reading all sound uh, sources with, you know, with cited research and no biases. They're really trying to be um, neutral in their approach to really dig into and understand what's going on. Hmm, that's weird. I've never heard of someone with no biases. Anywho, uh <laughs> no, I'm actually reading from the people who are advocates of it. Oh, that's like, actually not about it. What was their standpoint? Like what what were they trying to go for? in constructing these brutalist churches in the 50s drugs <laughs> well the funny thing is because when you're in the holy land there are 10 churches built by the franciscans from like 1936 to 48 something like that mm-hmm. and they had this one italian architect and and I, I shared this before like as i'm walking around the holy land i'm like oh i get it this is where modern church stuff started like this kind of this vision is in tulsa oklahoma mm-hmm. It's in churches built in the forty, like the forties, fifties church, so pre-Vatican II, but right on the cusp. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it, I get it. They're trying to do something new, and it, it, it like adopts a brutalist architecture. You know, like well, thick cement walls mm-hmm. that go up to a third story before you see a tiny slit for a window. How much? Of, I'd be curious to see how much of that comes from Art Nouvelle and Art Deco, which has a style like that, but it it looks cool. Yeah, yeah like so a the- lot of churches in downtown Tulsa are Art Deco. Mm-hmm. The Methodist Cathedral and a, and a lot of those are in that style because Frank Lloyd Wright and one of his disciples, one of his closest students, built some of the oil. You know, there's all the oil money in Tulsa back in the 20s and 30s. So a lot of that stuff was there. And it was like a playground for new styles of architecture. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it was a big boom. And you go there and you look at this and you're like, it wants to be like the thick walls of a Gothic church, but it's made out of modern cement and reinforced concrete, which was a relatively new invention at the time. And it just looks like a swollen thing. Like everything's like, oh, here's an archway that's super fat and swollen because they didn't do what the Romans did with their concrete, which is shape and mold it and then do it in single pores, right? They would, yeah, whatever. So mm-hmm. it, everything looks very, I, th- I think maybe the word would be like broad. Right, mm-hmm. like there's yeah. not intricate detail. It's very broad. No, it's, there's almost yeah. like a monolithic quality to it. Which again, yeah, uh, on the like that's how the cathedral in um, Cincinnati is very much like that. It was the it was the your traditional cathedral that they rebuilt sometime in the 50s, I believe. And it has. Have, have you been to the cathedral in Cincinnati? I don't think we. 
St. Peter and Chain? Yeah, I don't think we've Is been that- there. Okay, so it's very much, it's got um, a lot of Art Deco art. Uh, I'd say more Art Deco than Art Nouveau, but I could be Is wrong. Is that what it's called, though? The St. Peter and Chain? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there's these mosaics in there. And I, I actually think it looks pretty awesome, except yeah. oh, for okay. there's no real altar. So that kind of like screws it all. Like if they had the high altar still or something like that, I think it would look maybe a little bit better. But it's it's not the best, but I actually kind of like it as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I can see, so that looks like, from the outside, that looks a lot like a church that St. Elizabeth Ann Seton was in that I mistook for a Masonic temple uh, <laughs> in New York City, right next to Ground Zero. Me and Shannon were walking around, I was like, what is this? Is this like a like an old bank or something? Because it's very thick, mm-hmm. concrete, pillars, but it's like, oh man, that's that's okay. So the- it looks cool on the end. Oh, now I see what you're talking about. See what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like it's and it, very art deco. Yeah. When you're in there, it's it's pretty it's pretty cool at certain parts, but it just it doesn't like I wish they would have like honestly, I feel like the altar is what throws it off. Or the lack of a like give me an art deco altar. Like I've got some I have some very cool religious artwork in my place that's art nouveau and I love it. I think it looks awesome. It looks flipping great. I'll have to send you a, a picture of it. So I'm not against that style at all. I just I feel like it's not that style gone wrong, but it's almost like they didn't really see what else they could do with that style. They just kept trying to devolve this the style, like take it to the next step, as opposed to playing in that playground somewhere when they got to some of the more modern, yeah, like churches for post nineteen um, sixty. So, like, what did you the find? Columns look the columns look awesome. Yeah, no, and I, the I, roof, the ceiling looks. Incredible. I love and I love the color. It's like a black and gold. It's pretty. It's pretty yeah. awesome, but not like ugly Steeler gold, you know. <laughs> Not your yinzer gold, your pure. It, it looks nice beautiful, gold. but right when you get to the high altar part with the mosaics, you're like, oh, okay, there's the modern twist pretty deeply. And the stained glass looks funky. The sides past the pillars, that looks kind of. Yeah, that's that thick, broad molding. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll put the links in the show notes. And again, yeah. like, it's not bad. It's not, it's just, no. I wish they had played with it a little bit more. Like, it's, to me, it's not actually real. Like when I look at the images that I have, they're almost icons, icon esque, yeah. and they're done in a Art Nouveau style in the twenties. I wish they were more like that because those things are like it would it would fit that it would fit it a little better than the mosaic does. Yeah, totally. It's it's almost like you know you're an emo band that then's like we're gonna throw in a banjo right here really quick because it's twenty ten. <laughs> like you know, it's like <laughs> what? But you're you're this. Don't don't do that. Like it doesn't really fit. It's kind of weird. Yeah, the architecture is Greek Revival in style with gold and bronze. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, the yeah, I like it. It's, mm-hmm. it's nice. So then, like, when you were reading that, what did they say caused that breakdown from? How did we go from? So they're, they're, they're playing around with Art with art Deco, Art Nouveau, big, thick, you know, kind of. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, they're, they're not doing a really good job describing anything, what I just said. So, because they have a lot of the good intricate detail and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but then uh, they said it was built in nineteen in eighteen forty. Yes, this? but they they redo it in the fifties. Oh, so the outside is a different style than what you see inside. Like the actual. Oh, that makes sense. the old altar. Like they like expanded the altar. Like the I don't I hate to call it the stage, but like huh. they like sanctuary. bring that out. Yeah, they bring the sanctuary out out a whole bunch. And so they yeah. take out a lot of space to give it the sort of like a little monolithic. And I, again, like, and you also have to understand that 
that in the pre-60s, out in Cincinnati, it's Art Deco uh, Central. I mean, it's just, just everywhere in the city. There is, uh, there is. well, it's now, it's a history, well, it's a bunch of museums that I would love to work at one day. Um, not that I want to change my job, I'm just saying it was super cool to work at this place. It's called Union Terminal. I believe it was the inspiration for like the, one of the, like the Justice uh, League things in the comic books. It's this beautiful Art Deco style. There's all those buildings downtown that were made in the, in kind of as almost like, the one there's a building that's the precursor to what building in New York, the big Art Deco building in New York. Like so, anyways, this style is very, very common throughout all of um, Cincinnati. You see it a bunch, and so it makes sense they would do it in that style when they revamped it in the fifties. Art Deco looks best in the rain, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, Art Deco looks best on the backdrop of Batman fighting crime. Well, I mean, okay, here's the on top no, of the building. Yeah. I'm serious. Like certain parts of um, Cincinnati, they look like Gotham. Gotham, <laughs> yeah, particularly in the rain, it really does. Yeah, no, that's the style that they used when they were building the like the skyscrapers and stuff. Like all mm-hmm. of the the thirty plus Rockefeller buildings, and it looks great. Style. It looks yeah. really cool. That, but that's the part of New York that they refer to as Gotham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, love it. Yeah, I just again, I just I don't understand how you go from that to like now it's just like blabs of like just like here's just some concrete, no real thought. Yeah, I don't. It's weird. And that's the cathedral, the co-cathedral of Galveston. When you look at that, you see literally miles and miles of concrete in its walls, thick walls. It is blah bland white concrete. That is the whole building. And I remember going down it, like going down there and taking the tour and doing the thing with the docent. And it's like they have cool elements in it. Giant statue of the Sacred Heart of Jesus on one side, the Immaculate Heart of Mary on the other. A giant, but it's so, it's awkward looking Mm -hmm. when you look at the crucifix. Because the cool thing is, okay, so the symbolism is Jesus crucified. He, He doesn't look exactly proportional. There's a thing that makes it be like, there's something weird, like weird about it and he's looking down so hanging on the cross he's looking right down at the altar so the perspective is he's looking at the holy sacrifice i feel but like then the, everything hmm? sorry no no keep on going then i'll add my thought but then everything there's nothing ornate about it it's mm-hmm. all that broad like the marbling that they use they use this cool like it looks like the color of rare steak like that purple rare steak all around the hmm. room where the tabernacle is and then in these weird hungry. um <laughs> this weird area that's kind of sets off the separates where the the cathedral and the other chairs are from what the like the working sacristy reading table stuff yeah. behind it and it's just it's just weird like you, your your heart wants to be like oh there's where's the ornate stuff like they have devotional statues on the sides of like all of those saints that kind of embody Houston. so it's like american saint native american saints with guns Saints with guns, the Texan way. Hola. <laughs> no, and you know, obviously Juan Diego and stuff like that. So you have all these, all these beautiful, colored, wooden, like very beautiful, lifelike, life-size statues. Mm-hmm. And then you get like, but just looking at, it, you're just like, eh. And then right across is, or across the street from it is the old cathedral which was pretty much devastated in different floods and stuff, but it's more yeah. your traditional style of European. I would be super curious to see what like a really like high mass, high liturgy mass a, a would look like in, in a more Art Deco style church. 
I think it would probably be kind of awesome with like tons of incense and like like a lot of chanting. I think it'd be it would probably be pretty sweet. The 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 smoke from the incense wafting through the sanctuary, and you're just sitting there like I'm Batman. I'm Justice. You just just think that's like steam coming up from a sewer grate. (laughs) I just respond by going, "Where does he get those wonderful toys? (laughs) Swear to me." Oh, this is this is deeply spiritual. Hey, actually, that reminds me. I have I have a topic, but I need to go get my groceries that are at the at the door really quick because there's some chicken yeah. in there. So, want to give me just just a second here? You can talk about whatever you want, or you want to go on a rant about something? Go on a rant. Just do it, man. Who cares? Ooh, just do it. Whatever. Uh, abandon. Let's, let's just abandon all of our um, listeners' interest. Everyone's uh, just just say to heck with it. This cool. Is the, the, okay. This is Gomer time. Right. Run along. Run along. <laughs> Run along. So here's the thing about Luke that I actually hate. Luke, when he doesn't like the things that you like, he actually, he dismisses it aggressively. Have you noticed that, folks? Have you noticed that when Luke doesn't care about liturgy, like, oh, I don't know, chubby little friend Gomer here, he goes out of his way to constantly mock me and my love of liturgy and my three-hour episode with Father Fletcher about liturgy? Like, what's with that? What's with that? Just because I'm not into 90s emo bands, and pop punk tough guys with neck tattoos all of a sudden I, I i'm at the shallow end of the cultural uh swimming pool no no luke is wrong luke is dumb and luke is quite honestly a terrible dresser here's a funny story about luke when i lived with luke in our project house so we had this project unit that we lived in at stupidville and i had to share a room with luke so my homeboy John had a room to himself. Adam had a room to himself, but they had the smaller rooms. Me and Luke shared the master bedroom. And I had a chair that folded into a futon that was well-worn by the time it came to me. And uh, it was already in the room. Luke's mattress was a queen-size bed. So he had a queen-size bed. I had a chair that became a futon that the mattress padding didn't work anymore. And I slept on that for a year and a summer. It was pretty, it was pretty weird. But Luke had this magical hamper. So Luke's hamper would get full, and then I think he would read the story of Jesus multiplying the loaves and the fish to feed the 5,000 and the other story to feed the 4,000. And I think what happened was he would pray that over, right, like a liturgy of the word over his hamper, because within the span of about a week, maybe two weeks, there were so many clothes coming up out of that hamper and all over the floor and on his bed. He would just push the clothes to one side and then lay down on the bed. Now, the thing with Luke that I didn't realize, I mean, he never had any money, but where were all these clothes coming from? And then it was about halfway through the semester, I realized they were coming from my side of the closet. So what he would do is he would wear a shirt, come back from class, throw it on the floor, throw it in the hamper, whatever. And then after a while, when he'd wear that shirt two, three, four more times, and you know, it was beyond recognition, a hot day, you're walking up hills in Ohio, this shirt would be damp, you know, damp with Luke sweat. He probably took a nap in it, wild damp. And then he would just take my clothes. And I had no idea until about halfway through, halfway through, it was uh, of the semester. It was pretty gross. It was pretty gross. But you know what? That's why we're friends. We love each other. You know, we do things like, humiliate each other while one is cares deeply about the liturgy i mean the liturgy is christ so it's great it's great fun when luke does that to me oh no i want to hear about that so anyhow 
The people yearn, yearn for us. <sighs> but here we are. Hi, Luke. Hi. I don't know what you talked about, and frankly, I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not true at all. <laughs> See what I mean, folks? That's exactly <laughs> what I said he would say. That's it in a nutshell. <laughs> What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, Luke. I'm going to listen. No, you won't. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> are, are you drinking wine? How is it? It looks good. Why are you not drinking wine? I thought about drinking beer, but I don't want to get up. I don't want to get up four times. And uh, Oh, you have a narrow urethra and a small bladder. It's true. And a daughter who, if she gets up at two in the morning, I'll be like, oh, really? Let's just, let's just sit down for a bit if I drink. Time to watch Jurassic Park. Here you go. <laughs> so... Big thank you to one of our listeners. I forget her name. I apologize. I think it's Katie or something. She t- actually gave me a great way to introduce Everly to scenes, to dinosaur scenes from Jurassic Park over the years. So, oh yeah, how's that? I can pull it up really quick if you'd like. I would love. So this comes from. So if you guys know, last week I talked about how can I introduce Everly to dinosaur stuff and i was like when can i I show her parts from jurassic park and kate r on twitter got back to me with a great great thread on twitter it was really really awesome so she said one it is a multi-stage process and that when they are at prime dino phase around three to five you start by only by only showing them the dino scenes Fast forward everything else, including dialogue. There's about 30 minutes of just dino content per Jurassic Park franchise with with the original movie. The intro to the Brachio scene is one out of two. The big hook. Oh, sorry, is is one. Uh, is then you have to express your awe and delight with the beauty of the brachiosauruses as well as with the music. I did that. This is the key moment. If you get them there, if you get them here, you will have them. I did that, and I think that is is true. They love when you are excited about the dinos. Then once they are in and know it, you can gauge when when to show them the really intense um, scenes. She has five kids. They all like Jurassic Park um now, even the youngest who is who is almost four. They still edit when she when when she watches that. So thought it was cool. And then she said that we should um, listen to the podcast. We a podcast series called Sold a Story about um reading instructions. It's mind blowing. I love the Apple TV ones. I mean, my son has been loving it. My kids have been loving it. I lost you. You you lost me? There you are. Man, am I in a weird mood today? Why? What's up? I don't know. I don't know. Today's just, just you ever have one of those days where it's like, I don't feel bad. I feel good because I, I think I've been running. That's today, man. That is exactly today. Yeah, I've, I've been running, so I feel good, but I'm just kind of depressed. <laughs> so hmm? I'm just like, well, this will make for good podcast content. Yeah, so the funny thing that happened to me this morning, I keep getting these text messages from my homeboy, Jay, who's in charge of social media for our church, and he's like, you started on this date, right? And I was like, yeah. You're doing this, right? Yeah. Public knowledge that you're going to that man is you, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's this social media post about, let's all say goodbye to Michael Gormley. He's been with us for you know blah, blah, blah here at the parish, and he's leaving. Come join us at Deacon Baldy's. Say goodbye to him and John Clark, our seminarian. And hello to Kate Mims, who's coming on board to take his job to be the director of evangelization. 
And there's this thing within me that is like, oh, and I keep saying this to people out with the old in with the new out with the old in with the new mm-hmm. immediately. Like there's this funny dead man walking vibe that's going through my head now. Mm-hmm. And when I like, there's no urgency in my job anymore, right? There's no urgency because like people who need answers about things happening next semester are no longer talking. But I'm still there, and I want to help. Hi. And I have, I have ideas. I've got, I have things. I have things to say. Yeah. So, and then I'm just doing my end of the year meetings to prepare sack prep families for next year. I call it how to what to expect when you're sack prepping. <laughs> Literally, what I call it. It says it on the handout. I'm very special. Uh, gosh. Self-important loop. <laughs> Maybe this is why this is so difficult for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a captive audience anymore. Oh no! Why aren't you listening? Okay. To- Listen to me. Listen, I've got ideas. I'm smart. I'm not as I'm dumb smart. like everyone says. I was stepped over. Do not equate me with Fredo, you <laughs> son am. of a gun. He's one of no. America's greatest actors ever. I'm smart. I know things. I I'm respect. Oh, man. Yo, kid brother. <laughs> Again, how to lose Gen over. Z. Sorry, catching foxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about The Godfather. Godfather Part 2, probably the greatest Part- film ever ever yes. made so hands down you need to watch the godfather watch godfather part two if you haven't then get back to us no. can i can i speak to where you are no actually keep going yes, i think that well you okay let me yeah I'll, I'll try to sum it up by just saying it's this weird dead man walking kind of vibe where it's like they still need to check in with me with signing things and doing things like that many employees all, oh so gosh so, so many gosh, employees so many but like things have to move on and they absolutely have to right but there's this weird human connection with the not weird, totally natural and understandable, damn it, uh, connection with these things that I'm just like, huh, I am unimportant now to this organization's functioning. And I have poured my heart and soul into this thing. And it's like, OK, you did, but you're the one leaving and we still need to go on you know, for the next two weeks. So it's just like so today is Monday. We're recording this Monday, May 1st. My last day is Monday, May 8th. So I'll be in the office. I'll be wrapping up everything. But today, as of today, when I picked, I had one more meeting with some parents. Mm-hmm. I have or I, I my last, uh, second to last meeting with these parents for what to expect when you're sack prepping. And then my two daughters had Anchor, which is our middle school program for fifth and sixth graders. So I picked them up and I made them walk to my office and we grabbed all the, la- all the last boxes and loaded them in my car. All the books that you may or may not bought with your work credit card that you can't remember. It's just like, well, it's fine if I just put them in here. Yeah. yeah, no, and I spent all my money on mine. All my books are mine because I was nervous about that. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's weird. Like my trunk is full of books that I have nowhere to put. My bookshelves are full. I, I stole a bookshelf from my kids. I have all this stuff everywhere and I don't know where to put it. I don't know what to do with it. You have to get storage space. No, screw you, man. I want my books. I want to be draped in my book. Well, then just start getting put shelves on the walls and stuff. Oh, I know. They're a great thing. They're a great thing for sound. Can go. I can see a couple spots right behind it. That'd be great. So this this wall is a blank wall, and it's weird because the wallpaper that the people had on it, the glue that they used, I think, was made from Satan's own spittle, maybe his mucus. (laughs) Um, Because no matter how much scraping we have done, we either don't get the grossness off, or we take the drywall outer paper off with it. So. I'm actually going, my goal is to layer a felt sound deadening material over this. And that way it'll cover the whole wall and all this crap. But my, this whole house, so poorly. Don't be a homeowner. 
So anywho, work stuff is weird. It's just weird and it's uncomfortable for me. So I'm working on like random side projects that I otherwise could never have the time to work on for work. So it's like I created a, a worship aid for funeral liturgies that they can use for funerals because the pr- big problem with funerals is they're full of non-Catholics or Catholics who haven't been to mass in years. So they don't know what to say. And it's just sad when you have like maybe like eight family members who are on fire Catholics and the person who's deceased love their Catholic faith, but no one else knows what to say and do. So I published a guide. So page one is like, hey, this is what mass uh, is. Hi, I'm Gomer. This is what mass is. You might <laughs> yeah. know me from Catching Foxes. Hi, <laughs> hi I'm Michael Gorb. Lay you might remember me from <laughs> such worship aids as that one for Easter 2021 and that other one for our Lenten study 2019. No, so I did it because we did it for baptism. And so many people are like, this is so helpful because I put the little like fake rubrics in red to like, look back at the baptismal because i write it for our parish right so yeah like, look back at the baptismal font now look at the altar blah yeah. blah blah and it's in english and in spanish so i was doing this project for funeral <laughs> hola <laughs> for uh, hola me llamo miguel <laughs> so i was doing it for funerals to help people and it's like i already put in there because father david Huss, every time he does every time it's time for communion he it goes straight into a second homily <laughs> we believe that jesus christ our lord and savior uh, jesus christ yeah. died for us before he died he offered us the Last Supper and Last Supper, he instituted two things, the sacrament of the Eucharist, where he gives his body, blood, soul, and divinity, and also the priesthood, which perpetuates it, and the Lord has anointed us, and the priesthood is counsel trying to infallibly teach us. Priesthood is a higher state of life than the laity. It's fine. <laughs> worry about it. Like, it just goes on and on. I You're love like, that he brings that up. I know. <laughs> I'm I love like, that he brings dude, it up. Dude, just say, if you are not Catholic or a Catholic who's been away from the church for a long time, please refrain from receiving communion until you can go to sacramental confession. If you're Catholic, if you're not Catholic, Stay in your pew, pray for a, a, a blessing, pray for the, you know, your loved one, you can sit, sit or kneel, or come forward with your arms crossed, your priest or deacon to get a blessing. You know, but he doesn't do that. He, does, he gives us the theology of the Eucharist. So I just included a summary version of that in there. So it's all there. Here's what Father Dave's probably going to say. What he means is this. <laughs> yeah. that he loves you and he just wants to uh, share this with you right now. That's awesome. Yeah. So right now it's all legacy stuff. So it's like going through documents that I have like, bullet points on and it's like oh no one knows what the hell this means but i do because it's filling in the gaps for my little brain to then talk for 20 minutes on this thing so i'm filling in like scripture verses and catechism you know like just whatever so that if they want to use it i know they probably won't but who you know i don't know no i think that's great no listen don't beat yourself up you're this is weird i know it's so weird pa- it's so part weird. of it is you're just kind of you know used to be, and i don't i don't mean this in a bad way no 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 but big man on campus Ooh, and now you're not joke and that's uh, y- yes sure <laughs> I, and, yeah no it's true it's true this is what like transition change is weird and it's nothing Jesus. against you they're not it's just like you're there at the service of a mission yep and now you're not going to be part of that that mission anymore and that's okay yeah yeah that's i mean okay. uh, and and i know that right oh it's yeah it's funny it's like the residual because I was joking with someone the other, or I was joking with my wife. That's who. Well, that's who that someone was. <laughs> where it's like, where it's like, there's a part of me that like understands. You know, I want to set St. Anthony's up for success when I leave and make sure everything's smooth. So if if Kate wants to come and talk to me about you know my rationale, other things, if they want me to come back and give talks, awesome. But there's another far darker side of me that wants to like open up the newspaper and be like St. Anthony of Padua catches fire after everyone <laughs> abandons the church due to no gomer. <laughs> you know like building burns down people wonder what was even there in the first place a movie theater? <laughs> Old abandoned lot for sale. 
purchased by Chubby Podcaster, turned into Podcast Studio and Skate Park. <laughs> like, I'm a broken man. It's fine. It's fine. Everyone just goes, that. why are we here? Who are you? <laughs> they show up. They're just like gone. Like, like they've been in Men in Black. Is Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's been really sweet today because the announcement was made this morning and I had a parent mm-hmm. meeting tonight. That a bunch of the parents, like before I even got into the door of the room, they were all like, hey, I'm so sorry. Like they would say, actually, everyone has said congratulations, which is I, you know, it's kind of shocks me. And I love that. Like, congratulations, you're moving on. You're doing this new cool thing. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, cool. Okay. And and then, you know, it's one lady who I don't, you know, I a a lot of people know me more than I know them because I do so many like videos and big talks, Mm -hmm. but she's Mm -hmm. just like. I just love coming to all your talks and my my kids still tell the jokes that you said it about confession about like murdering people and I was like oh yeah <laughs> yeah I love that joke I use it all the time and they're like our Murder. son's not a week goes by where they don't mumble murder to family of five right like and I was like oh that's sweet like kind of a weird legacy to leave but we'll we'll accept it it's so funny so anyway it's weird I'm weird yeah but you know what you've you've done a lot of good things it's gonna be a lots of up and you'll have a Lots of ups and downs, but in the end, what? Right now, Luca said what? Because I'm staring really closely. Found another way for people to know. Oh, gosh. How? Totally different way. You wouldn't expect Just like million. sit in your chair in front while people walk in. <laughs> Spray people with a hose as they come down my neighborhood. Yeah. No, no, no. I volunteered to help with the play Much Ado About Nothing for my children. Oh, and my wouldn't God. wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it, Luke? Not enough people showed up. So the part of Antonio had to be played by someone. <laughs> and who better? Oh, my God. I stand to the microphone. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. People. People like, in the I'm, seats. <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I'm flipping through, and I'm listening to my kids. And I'm sitting there for the first 15, 20 minutes of them doing the play. Because I told this lady, the lady is who runs it for our, like homeschool co-op thing, she was helping the high school students. And I thought I was going to come and listen to the middle schoolers. Read their lines. So they do two different plays. Mm-hmm. And I th- that's all I thought I was doing. I was like, yeah, you read your lines and, and I'll help you with like clarity and all that stuff. But she was there the whole time. And I was like, oh, I thought I was just going to be here with the middle schoolers. She said, well, not enough high schoolers showed up. So I'm going to be here with the middle schoolers as well. And so I was like, cool. Okay. So now I'm just listening to them. And I'm listening and I'm listening to her give stage direction and blocking and talk about. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is really cool. Like I was never a part mm-hmm. of. I mean, they take, okay, in the ordinary of parishes, and my kids go to this co-op run by the ordinary parish, they take Shakespeare very seriously. Oh, they should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they take it very seriously. So we are doing a Shakespeare festival. So it's elementary, middle school, and high school are doing three separate Excellent. plays. I love it. Yes. I, I'm very excited. If you want to fly down, I'll fly you down, Luke, if you want to go do it. But <laughs> we'll send the audience, bravo, bravo. Yeah, screw London. Come here. Yeah. <laughs> what, how, what do they know? What does London know about Which, Shakespeare? By the way, we need to tell everyone what, what we were invited to, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm re- and, and I'm not rehearsing the lines. I'm just listening. And I pull out my phone. I text one of the moms that I'm friends with, and I'm like, "Your boys are killing it. This is so awesome." And I just have this like, you know, huge ear to ear grin. I'm like, I'm loving this. My daughter Katiri acts like a sassy black woman the whole time. It feels. I mean, like everything. She's like, because she's supposed to be this angry, sassy girl. She could probably hear me right now through the walls. But she's like, uh, uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I'm like, thou shalt so not. Fun. But <laughs> hither and yon, hither and yon. <laughs> but she's so into it, and she's so good, and she has all of her lines memorized and all of her cues memorized. She's you know, one of the few that actually does, and she's loud enough that you can hear without a microphone. 
And so I'm just in cloud heaven. And then so I'm go- oh, cloud heaven. I'm just in heaven. Oh, whatever. And so I'm going through and I'm reading the script and I'm giving it a couple prompting lines. And then I get to this page and they're like, Antonio. Oh, no. So-and-so is not here. We don't have an Antonio. Uh, who can play Antonio? And I was just like, what? What? I mean, if, if you need me to do it, I'm happy to step in. <laughs> look, look, look. I'm telling you, this is so pathetic, this is but so I sad. loved it. I know. I I, I'm not surprised so at all. You're going to start doing community theater, aren't you? I'm literally crying right now how much I loved it. Perfect. I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I was like, hey, hither, and, hither and yon, good sir. And I'm like doing accents and projecting my voice. You're like, am I saying, what's my motivation here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I play this from a couple different angles? I mean, can we rework these? Mm. Are we are we dead set on these words, these lines? Can I rewrite this? I think the audience needs a little bit more engagement, a little in the blocking, a little more to the left, maybe right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think yeah. so. I think yeah. Good, good. How's Should look? I put my hand like this? <laughs> Man, guys, prepare for about in about two and a half weeks. Gomer's going to we're going to record, and you're going to have some thoughts about the theater, and you're going to go into the history of it because you all have read some some stuff. So you're going to have some thoughts. You're going to sign up for community theater. I'm thrilled about this. You bought the complete works of Shakespeare. How to teach your children Shakespeare. Gomer's got a book now called How to Teach Your Children Shakespeare, which is great. Yeah, and I my, my I told you this story uh, way back when, but my Kateri, when she started to do this, she came in, she came up to me, she goes, Dad, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah, sure, honey, what's up? And she goes, can I borrow, like, your complete works of Shakespeare? I couldn't find it upstairs. And I was like, you can't. You can have it. It's beautiful. And then, like, literally two weeks later, a week later, we were at Costco, me and Shannon. That's a date night now. And uh, we were at Costco, and they have the complete works of Shakespeare, but broken down into small books mm-hmm. that are, like, cool, like leather, like fake, vegan leather, also known as plastic. And you go through them, and it's, like, manageable instead of, like, one big, thick tome that's imprinted in really small paper, mm-hmm. small font. And I bought that for her, and I was like, here's my gift to you. Do all the stuff. Do all the things. It's going to be awesome. I bought like five uh, Shakespeare books the other day at a used bookstore. I felt cool. Nice. And Much Ado About Nothing, which is the play Kateri's doing, is a movie. Um, It's one. It's a great movie. Uh, Totally. uh, Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to. Much Ado About Nothing. Like early 1993. Okay. Early 90s. I apologize. There is another one in 2012, but this one is with. Dun dun dun, Kenneth Brennan. Bren- How do you say his name? Kenneth Brennan. Okay, and then Keanu Reeves, Denzel Washington, Michael Keaton, Are Emma joking? Thompson. No, wait, it is wait. awesome. It could not have it to you. Emma Thompson. Yeah, I'm getting my my Emma's confused. Am I get my Emma's confused? Here, I'll send who's, you the link in the show. Who's the red haired Emma that's in those all the movies like super bad? Oh, you're thinking of Emma? Oh, gosh, what's her? She's great. I think she's funny. But oh, uh, look at that, Denz. You're right. Yeah, yeah, and it is funny, huh? That's awesome. It is funny. My kids have watched it. Some of the homeschool nerd friends, even though it was like scenes of brief nudity. I'm like, what the hell? How is this a homeschool favorite? And it's like men's butts at the beginning of the movie, like laughing, running <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> Also known as my podcast studio. <laughs> Thou and I are too wise to woo peaceably. So I imagine <laughs> that going. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I'm super dude. Oh, Shakespeare's great, man. We just like when you find a Shakespeare play that you love that yeah. just kind of clicks with you. Like for me, Hamlet and, and Macbeth were that. I just was like, I feel things, I think things. 
and I love the the I love I I really honestly love the Denzel Washington Cohen brothers. Oh, it kills Coen me! Brother. I haven't seen that. No, it's only I believe it's only Ethan. Okay, yeah, and his wife. What's her name? She's great. Uh, I can see her face. But I love their Macbeth. It was all black and white. I didn't see it, it yet. Yeah, it was done well. It kills it's me. Very minimalist. It was good. I made Shannon watch it. We did a date night. We sat down on the couch. We got some nice food. You know, I prepared food and wine and all this stuff. And then we just sat and pushed play on the first night or second night, maybe, because you had told me about it. I didn't even know about it. And then it unfolds, and I'm like, huh, this is great. And Shannon the whole time is like, bye. <laughs> Why does Luke have the need to feel artsy sometimes? <laughs> uh, speaking of, of on the Shannon, I'm amazed. So, guys, we have a merch store that right now is going to only be available through Patreon. And if you sign up for Patreon this month, here we go. You get go. some really cool things. Gomer, I have an idea that I need to is to run by. We'll just and we'll do it live. So, one <laughs> is you'll get an exclusive merch item of your choice with a certain with a, a very specific design that is super cool. That that unlearned that made it's very like artsy it says i'm catching foxes on it it's very very cool so you want it on like if you want that on a t-shirt hoodie a coffee mug a phone thing apron a tote yeah, bag a tote bag it'll go there but it's only for this one time during the month of may for people who who sign up for patreon during the month of may and people who upgrade on patreon right now as well so anyone who wants that and then also we have our merch store which is up right now but it's just for people on patreon for the time being so anyway so if 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 you have ever thought about supporting our show this is a great time to go and do that because again you will have exclusive access one time to the super cool merch item of your choice with an incredible catching foxes design on it and for everyone on patreon and for everyone who signs up on Patreon. My wife just brought me a bottle of wine to celebrate what you're about to say about Patreon. Shannon, where's my wine? She said go to hell. No, she didn't. <laughs> That's she fair. Didn't. She fair. actually said good night and left. It's fair. <laughs> and so for everyone who's on Patreon, everyone who signs up for Patreon, they will get access to for three months to this exclusive part of the $25 tier and of the $35 tier. Let me tell you what happens if you sign up for the $25 tier. But again, everyone on Patreon will get this for the for the month of May, June, and July. 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 Oh. During the first month, you're gonna get you're gonna get access to a Zoom hangout slash talk from Gomer. <laughs> so on what and when? TBD, but it's on a, it's on whatever on the Gomer wants. So he'll just blab about some some stuff. And you can ask him questions about that stuff and, you know. See what whatever. I mean, people? You see what I mean when Luke left? This is exactly what I'm talking about. No, Luke, go on. When am I doing that? I told you this. We sat down and had a whole conversation. I know, but we didn't come up with a date. I, I, was said, just I told you to find a date. Okay, in May. In May, right? I'm the May guy, right? Yes, you're the May That's guy. That's awesome. You know why? Because I quit my job in one week. Exactly. Have, that was what time. 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 Do you want me to do it on a Saturday, a Sunday, or during the week? What you, will you tell me, Luke? I want you to do it at a time that fits best for you. Oh, Luke, man, I got nothing but that. Okay, so I want you to Except do it on a... I'm doing Shakespeare. Other than that. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to do it on a Saturday. So, okay, Saturday. Okay. And then during the month of June, we're going to do a game night with Luke and Uncle Gomer and a special guest. I think I'm going to ask old Bradley Barnes to host, and maybe we'll play some Catching Foxes Bingo. Ooh, we'll do that over on Zoom. we do that once? We did that oh, all was... live. Your face is very red because yeah. of the wine. And then during the month of July, 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 
We'll do coffee in the morning with Luke. One on a Saturday morning. I'm not sure what I will be. I'm talking about, and it. So, the, so how it will be is that every every month there will be something going on where you're going to be able to hang out with us. We may do a talk. We may just do something. I don't know. It'll be kind of different each time, but it'll be time to hang out with us. And the month in between will be the two of us, and we'll do some fancy, fun, fun stuff with that. So, just for the record, I'm doing this at a Saturday in May without you. Yes. Because we're trying to divvy it's up whatever you want. the responsibility. Exactly. And it's whatever you, know you what want to do. You know what I want to do? Oh, my God. You, you, I think you want to talk about atonement theology for like four hours? You can. And so people do like a Q&A. <laughs> we're tingling his nipples right now. That's no, that's not. I was scratching an itch, sick freak. Anywho, Trent Horn <laughs> only lives three hours from me. Maybe I'll go up and do a live podcast with someone who gives a damn about Yeah, I don't apologize. I, I know. No, don't you dare. Don't you dare say you don't care about my trendy. I, no, I think he seems very nice. It's like your time, you know? So it's your time to hang out oh, with, so with the listeners and do whatever. So everyone on Patreon will have access every will have access to that for the next three months and then starting in August, after the month of July, July, the Zoom hangouts with us individually will be for the twenty-five and up tier, and then the joint one will be at the on um, the thirty-five dollar and up tier. But that'll be every month from now until we forget. <laughs> Luke, I love you so much. So uh, if you either up your tier this this month or if you join patreon this month you will have access to get the super cool shirt or on the merch item of your choice on patreon because we can do that and that's yours so so if you just want alone time 20 with gomer or luke it's 25 bucks and if you want the both of us together it's 35 we are cheap as we give ourselves away but you can't monetize private thoughts am i right luke you sure can't you sure can't Hey guys, what's up? It's Luke and I'm here today to welcome back to the podcast sponsor Angie's Saint Magnets. I love these magnets so, so freaking much. If you love the saints, Angie's Saint Magnets has a unique way for you to display all your favorites. Artist and creator Angie spends time in prayer and reflection before drawing each saint magnet image by hand. Each image is then professionally printed on high quality metal magnets for your refrigerator locker filing cabinet front office or any magnetic surface at your home office or school angie's saint magnets are the perfect gift for any occasion their unique and charming design appeals to all ages everly loves these magnets they sent a couple to us a couple of months ago she loves them so much they're gorgeous i'm honestly obsessed with this with this product Honestly, I'm actually I'm actually so glad they're sponsoring it because I need to buy a lot more magnets. So what you can do is if you want to go and buy one, I highly encourage you to do so. They're freaking great. Again, Everly loves them. Use offer code FOXES20 for 20% off your purchase at angiesaintmagnets.com. Special discounts are available for parishes or schools ordering large quantities of their patron saint. Angie also creates custom images for weddings, anniversaries, memorials and other special occasions contact angie at angie's saint magnets for details on on your custom orders again i am obsessed with them they are great they are very well done everly 
loves them. I love them. I really encourage you to go and check that out again. That website, angiesaintmagnets.com. That's spelled A-N-G-I-E-S-S-A-I-N-T-M-A-G-N-E-T-S.com. And use the promo code FOXES20 for 20% off your purchase at angiesaintmagnets.com. This is a sponsor who I talk about regardless if they are a sponsor or not. I told other people to buy them. I hope you go and check them out. And you can get 20% off your purchase today if you use the code AMOFOXES20 at angiesaintmagnets.com. Thank you to Angie's Saint Magnets for sponsoring this episode of Catching Foxes. So, Luke, it's not the equivalent of a YouTube religion, but I have a topic today. All right. Murder porn. Just kidding. <laughs> no. Okay. So the hottest category of you just took me by surprise with that. I'll be very honest. <laughs> hottest category of of podcast has been almost from its inception, but especially after Serial, has been true crime. Right. Hmm. No. Oh, did you not know that? Oh, no. yeah, that's like a self evident fact. So Serial led to the if you know the 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 podcast serial you know what i'm talking about when i say that serial mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay so for those who don't know podcast was the domain of nerds and all the mostly tech bloggers and people who were kind of tech adjacent in their industries and then npr did a thing called serial and they released it as a podcast and it was about murder and all this stuff so and it became insanely popular and it led to a kind of like a podcast were kind of like st- stalling out as a platform and it led to this massive resurgence and from that point on podcasts have only trend lined up and true crime true crime is to secular heathens what sermons from your favorite overly gloss non-denom past megachurch pastor is to christians right it's that category that never goes away right it's always near top one two or three the top trending podcasts are almost always true crime podcasts and I hate most of those type of podcasts because they're murder porn. And by murder porn, I mean, you know, like, then he stalked his victim and beat her to death with a pool noodle. And, you know, like, and like the horrible depictions and reenactments mm-hmm. of crime. And, and, you know, I hate that crap. My wife and I used to be into CSI, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Right. And I remember being like, honey, I and this is why we were still dating. I was like, I can't watch this anymore. I don't want to watch people slowly get murdered and see. How the knife looks when it pierces their liver, you know, with their cool little computer graphic, you know, depictions or whatever. So I've always hated that genre, but there's a a, a take on that genre that's incredible. And the take of the genre genre is live video footage with breakdowns of the interrogations of the murder suspect. And yesterday I, I sent you guys a, a chat of the funniest interrogation videos i have ever like i don't watch these like i don't know them this is going in a different direction than i thought yes so it's not a youtube religion for me but like i know that these that these the that this category has existed that i've always tried to avoid but there is this thing called the craziest interrogation you'll ever see by explore with us so ewu on youtube and on the 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 little (laughs) little thumbnail it says i'm going to release my bipolar and it is a story of three people who murdered the one girl's father. So the 15-year-old girl who's sleeping with a 19-year-old boy who had a 22-year-old friend. The 19-year-old boyfriend murders the father with a baseball bat, hitting him repeatedly in the head. Disgusting. Ugh. But they never really 
go into depth about that. It's watching the detective go through and interview these people. And I thought for the first, like it was a, it was, it was brilliant. The commentary that they provide, which doesn't take away. It's not like they're talking heads. You just hear like a voiceover Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's like, notice there, her, she blinks asynchronous because she's obviously going through some mental difficulty and notice how they don't express remorse for murdering this person. Notice how they lie. But it's so it's so well. It's three and a half hours long. So one night I put it on. I'm like try, just watching stuff. I need to go to bed. I'm not. I put it on. An hour and a half disappears from my life. I come out of this fog and I'm like, I haven't physically moved my body in an hour and a half. So I go upstairs and go to bed. Shannon comes upstairs. Or Shannon, Shannon was already asleep. So the next day I was like, honey, I discovered something on YouTube and it kind of owned my soul. So I tell her she starts. We watched like the first like 15 minutes together and I was so tired from staying up late the night before. And then I have meetings all day. So I was like, you know what, honey, I got to go to bed at nine o'clock. I'm done. And I was like, just wake me up when you come to bed. Cause you know, we're married and I lay down and I'm out like a light. And at one o'clock in the morning, she comes to the room. She's like, I can turn it off. <laughs> it is so engrossing. It's so much engrossing that she texted me while I was doing it. Another parent meeting last night. And she's like, I don't care that you're not home yet. I'm watching this right now. And she finished it. And so I got home last night and I finished it. It is insanely compelling. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes. The craziest interrogation you'll ever see by Explore With Us. And it is a story, but they don't go. I mean, like they tell you the facts of the murder, but it's not about fixating on the victim. Mm-hmm. It's about let's look at the interrogation of these people. And it is fascinating. What What is it? So, so I thought we were going to be talking about um, murder porn and, and podcasting. So when you were like, when you when you pivoted to the interrogation, I'm like, but the thing you shared in the chat. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Our text message group with our college buddies. Yep. What is it that's so like? Is it just the like seeing the intellectual dance, if you will, of the person trying to get out of it? That's interesting, or how they. So the whole time you're wondering why did a 15 year old girl want her father murdered. And you, you kind of know from the beginning, it's because she's dating a 19-year-old, statutory rape, the father, the, it's a divorced home, the father doesn't want the daughter seeing a 19-year-old boy. Then they, they mix in a couple of interviews with the people who knew them, and then you find out, like, this 19-year-old boy totally went, like, trench coat mafia style, you know, the guys from Columbine. Mm-hmm. Like, he started to get this, like, darkness, and start smoking weed and doing all that stuff. And then she somewhat does, too, and blah, blah, blah. So their lives start getting out of control and going pretty downhill, quick, uh, going downhill pretty quickly. But so she starts, and the dad cannot stand the boyfriend. So she starts to come up with a plan. But the it's it's fascinating. So you already know these three murdered. You already know Gavin is the one that murdered him with the baseball bat that she gave him. But to watch them go, all of them go from like, why am I here? I don't understand why I'm here. I didn't do anything. This girl who's 15, definitely the smartest one in the room mm-hmm. when it com- compared to the boyfriend and the, and the other guy. And then the other guy you feel bad for because he clearly has autism. He's clearly bipolar. He has a couple other mental, like he's, he's schizophrenic probably. But <laughs> they just basically get up and leave him in the interrogation room with a camera on him. And they leave him in isolation. And he basically interrogates himself, proves himself a liar, demonstrates the truth. And then calls the cops back in to get to, to punish him. And he just, you know what? You guys look like nice guys. Yeah, no, we, yeah, I didn't kill him. I, I was horrified that we did that. I just wanted to, you know, break a couple ribs. But, you know, Gavin beat him to death. And then we had to get rid of the body. You know, yeah, you know, it's just what you do. You know, you guys are some of the nice cops. Like, 
none of these donut eating pigs. You know what I'm talking about? Oink oink. You know, <laughs> he like says he's that? making these. Oh, he oh, says geez. so many crazy things that. But it's and he keeps making demands to show his dominance, but he like has n- he's delusional, right? So you the whole time you feel bad, and you're not laughing that the guy is. You're not laughing at his plight. He is trying to ham it up, but at the same time, yeah, it's just crazy. And then it goes back to the girl, and the girl is trying her best to like fake caring, and you know she doesn't care that her dad is brutally murdered. So she's like, "Oh my gosh, what happened to him? What happened? Oh my gosh!" And then she starts fake coughing and stuff. So it's just cool because they track you, and they they it is fascinating to watch skilled professionals at the job of taking a story apart. And that's what this female cop, Stephanie, Detective Stephanie, does. She just works you through. And, and sh- like, I mean, she's doing it. It's like a master's class. In, so I just found it fascinating. And the three people could not be more different, which is what made it hilarious. Hmm. That's interesting. And I was at a party, and someone overheard me talking about it. And he goes, if you like true crime? And I was like, well, I don't really. He goes, no, 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 like the interrogation stuff, not like the murder porn stuff. And I was like, go on. <laughs> he's like i hate that murder porn crap like you feel like they just they tell all the gory details of the victim he's like all you do is feel terrible for this poor victim but you know that there are people listening who are like kind of getting off on this kind of stuff and i'm like thank you that's exactly why i didn't watch saw 2 through 12 but but saw 1 and 13 yes yes sir can i have another no but so he tells me that the guy that set the genre is jcs and jcs Oh, gosh, what is it? I can't remember. But JCS on YouTube, it's his channel, and he only did like 15 videos, but he totally moved the, the murder porn demographic like away from that crap onto the interrogations and breaking them down like intelligently and like pointing out like, this is what the detective is doing. So I just found this to be a fascinating subgenre that's super popular on podcasts, growing in popularity and amazing popularity on YouTube. And it was like, huh, this might be a thing other than television. It is interesting, like breaking down a story like that. Yeah. Oh God, my thought just just immediately goes to, oh, Everly, please don't try to kill me when you're 15. That's exactly what I said to Katir. I'm like, you're not allowed to watch this. And she's like, why? And I was like, you already hate me. I don't want you killing me. Don't put any ideas in your head. <laughs> Wait, a baseball bat? That's all it takes to shatter that fat head of yours? Do you imagine <gasps> being like having your daughter and her weird boyfriend killing you? I imagine it every day. It'd be so. Ugh. Yeah. I, I know. Ugh. I, I just have to imagine that, like. The dad's not like, oh, I was just a happy home until she wanted to kill me. (laughs) Right? Everything was great until the death part. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. So Please tell me it's just not because the parents were divorced with the daughter that wanted to kill him. No, 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 no. Damn it. Quick change of subject. We also got into (laughs) hoarders and cleaning hoarding houses. (laughs) Literally, when I texted you, I was like. Hey, so what's our timing for tonight? Originally, we said 8.30, and you said 9 o'clock your time. I was like, oh, thank God. We just watched a, We just started a hoarder cleanup video. <laughs> <laughs> My kids love this crap. My kids love pressure washing videos of sidewalks and cars. They love cleaning up hoarder houses to make them look nice. This one had millions, literally hundreds of thousands of dead maggots all over her kitchen. And she was like, all of her family is dead. And she just had another illness where she's now so immobile so this poor woman right mental issue Ugh. upon mental issue gosh and her house so this guy goes in he cleans everything for free and he's like if i were to charge someone this would be like thousands of dollars he's like but i do it all for free and so he's going through and he's like and i'm also autistic which means i really obsess over these particular details and 
he's hilarious as he does his voiceovers. Mm-hmm. But me and all my kids were just like, and my wife too. And we we're just like, oh yes, do another one quickly. It's all we can speed it up so that we get in under the threshold so Luke won't be mad. So we watched two <laughs> videos and then prayed quickly. Sorry, kids, no decade of the rosary tonight. Just one Hail Mary and move it on. Orders come first. What was this episode about? <laughs> you don't want to know. Oh, no, you our episode here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. This is all banter all the time. <laughs> Luke's like, Michael, I'm gonna put into your hands the topic for today. And I'm like, cool. True crime, murder, porn, and hoarding. <laughs> also Shakespeare, maybe. I don't know. Not about Shakespeare. This is about how egocentric I am just, when it comes to my kids' plays. Just me being <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, have you ever acted in a play? You ever been in a play? Uh yeah, I like can grade school and stuff and then what was your character? Let's not move past it. Let's process this. Again. I don't remember to be honest with you. Really? Old because I, rem- old I remember Old Luke I- wasn't really allowed to be in a lot of plays. Wow. <laughs> don't you feel bad now? <laughs> Look at your- I feel bad for two reasons. Reason number one is damn it, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have no, said that. No, it's okay. But reason number two was then I wanted to make fun of you and imitate <laughs> little Luke trying to get a part in the play it's what my sister where you had to did. say like suffering succotash yeah. with your stutter, but that's not it's okay like have you noticed that your stutter doesn't seem as pronounced anymore yes it's because of the adderall oh you're on a stimulant i'm 100 i am 100 convinced yeah i I have been for almost two years now what i thought you said you couldn't take stimulants not until my stroke until i got my blood pressure down this is over the summer of 2021 before i went to Notre Dame for the first time so i worked really hard on getting it down you didn't know this no i thought you were supposed to lose weight on adderall No, I've lost weight because of the stress. Um, (laughs) I gain weight because of the stress. I lose weight because of the Adderall. At the end of the day, it all evens out. Yeah. No, I lost weight because of the the consistent walking and smoking I did from. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You can piece this all together over time. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. You just interpreted the last two years of of our life. Okay. There it is. Yeah. No, yeah. no, No, no. It's fine. I mean, listen. Anytime it comes out when I'm talking to my sisters, they'll just go today, junior, like that sometimes. So, or they'll just start laughing. What is it about Adderall that causes your stutter to? So it probably means that it's actually linked to my ADHD. Hmm. So that's there tends to be a secondary effect sometimes with that. So it's it's probably it more than likely is linked to that. <sighs> so interesting, right? I know. ADHD is such a fascinating thing. It is. It really is. There's a. There's a doctor named Dr. Amen, spelt Amen, who is a lapsed Catholic. It's fine. It's fine. He uh, really grinds your gears, doesn't it? Yeah. But he believes that there are seven distinct, instead of like the three types of ADHD, he thinks there are seven types of ADHD. And as I'm listening to a summary of his explanation, it's all based on brain scans of a certain type called SPEC brain scans, which measures blood flow to the brain. He said that he started mapping. So they've had over 120,000 people in his like 20 clinics called the Amen clinics mapped. And one of the big things that he focuses on is ADHD. Mm-hmm. And when he's going through it, he said, well, there's seven different kinds. And so he's describing the different kinds based on these brain scans. And when he described what, what he considers like the third or fourth kind, where it's like the brain blood flow, like straight down the center of the brain lights up. I can't remember what he called it. It might that might have been the limbic one. But he said they are locked in their ways. They are they they tend to see the negative, and they cannot change what they're doing in the moment. It's very difficult for them to do it. 
And as he's describing all these things, I'm like, and it manifests in anxiety and rudeness and all this stuff. I'm like, that sounds more like pedophilia than hyperactivity mm-hmm. or than, you know, hyper, you know, because some ADHDs result in hyperactivity or hyperfocus, sorry. And, and so he's just describing all these different things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that makes a lot of sense. And I started watching these videos based on, or after me and you having the talk last week about, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's not a behavior thing. Maybe it's a brain injury or whatever. And we're just not, we're now like learning these things more and more that like mental illness causes behavioral side effects. And, um, you know, maybe someone's not lazy. They have ADHD. Maybe someone's not, you know, lazy. They're hoarders because of post-traumatic stress syndrome and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And this guy was talking about how the different branches of ADHD lead to different things. And I just remember like, or just, just listening to him talk. I think I have classic ADHD or also known as ADHD. And, but he's describing, and he goes through the third one, and I was like, oh, no, that is Celia right there. Like, that makes total sense. And then the second one, the impulsivity, right? That's Thomas, right? The, the constant, like, here's a stimulus. I'm going to immediately act on it, like classical hyperactivity, you know? So I think, it's just fascinating. I've been thinking a lot about our last episode and talk about the idea of the shepherd parent versus the, engin- the engineer parent and how much yeah. you actually can't control the whole thing about there's 400, you know, things in your brain that will, help, that will determine your personality that are just going to happen regardless of what you do there's a real like it is hard to be receptive to anything now yeah and so to have to accept the fact that there's this thing that i cannot change about myself or there's a thing that i cannot change about my child or a loved one that is very very difficult and there are things you can do to help that like you know ADHD, again, great example. It's one of the most treatable cognitive disorders there is, but it doesn't go away. There are strategies. There are, a, there are adjustments that you have to make, and the only way that you can really, truly deal with that is through you have to accept that it is a thing. Yeah. And how often – I think it's very difficult for us to do that. Yeah. Because I think we think everything can be fixed. And I, and, yeah. I, and I don't know where God's healing comes into that. I really don't. I mean, I, I – sorry, that's not true. I do. I, I just think that a lot of times, like when you get into, you know, I, I've heard this talked about with people who have children who have Down syndrome or have other special um, needs. Let's say I can't imagine them without it now. Yeah. You know, so it's almost hard for me to like to imagine me without ADHD. Believe me, I've tried. And it, there's something about this is just the way that I am and I have to accept that. And then you're able to actually yeah. move, move forward. Yeah. And how often I think we, as just, we want something to be, and again, I don't know where God's healing then comes into that. I really don't. You know, it's interesting. List, uh, I downloaded, as the sociopath I am, Doctor Amen's book, whatever it's called, the Healing ADHD, and I immediately got it and started listening to it. And he actually, the whole first part of his book is this is the part written for people who actually have ADHD. So I'm going to just summarize it for you. It's going to be about eight pages long. Get through this, you'll get through the most of the chapters you know, all the content. And one of the things that he talks about is that ADHD is not all negative, right? Like we think about it solely in terms of, I can't, you know, lock, I can't switch my attention and keep up the same rate of focus and blah, 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 and things get lost. And he goes, but you're also the most open people. You're also the most creative people. You, t- you know, and he goes through this whole list. He goes, this is where it's actually beneficial to the human gene. 
mm-hmm. of having people like you in existence. Mm-hmm. So don't think that just because you have this, you're doomed to a lesser life. You're doomed to your life. What you make of it with all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, and we can acknowledge that people have neurodevelopmental disorders and issues that, that really do impair them. Mm-hmm. But within that impairment, they can make something great. It's just like someone that you have, you know, a physical disability within that. Like, I mean, I think of the wheelchair games that my parents, my dad, the Down syndrome Special Olympics side and the wheel, the Paralympic stuff. I mean, my parents helped fund dozens and dozens of kids with Down syndrome to go to the Paralympics over the years. And I got to know a lot of them through my dad's work with the Knights of Columbus. That's really cool. And right. But it's like, you know, like you were saying, like, I can't imagine my kid without it because that's your kid. Mm hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And with it, if you love them and they have learned to love life and receive that love from you, then they can have a good quality of life within the context of what they're given. I mean, there are plenty of people who are, quote unquote, normal that are miserable. Right. And so I just think of, you know, that phrase, the Yiddish proverb where it says, he who has not suffered, what could he possibly? And I think of like a lot of people like they know how to be happy. Right. They know how to be happy because they they have that razor's edge that they walk on of 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 difficulty in the very structure of their dna for a lot of people and it is amazing that like the life taught them a hard lesson and they've received it they're you know they love faith amori what what is it amor fati love faith there's this jordan peterson line that i heard and you know how out of the two of us i'm probably the one who's slightly more anti jordan peterson so don't take this as like a ringing endorsement but You love him, don't you? You love him. I don't love him. You like him a lot. <laughs> I'm in love with him. <laughs> no, but where he, it was like, it was actually a really cool clip. And I was like, this is really true. He's like, I'm, he's like, I implore you. I beg you. Embrace your suffering. Embrace it. Go into it. Own it. Don't run from it. You know, like. What is he, Thanos now? <laughs> Hide it. <laughs> Hide from it. Run from it. Failure <laughs> it comes all the same. No, but this I, I thought about that a lot, this idea of like, I don't think he's saying like, just don't find healing or don't overcome your pain. He's just like, don't run from it, like lean into it, work through it, like find the healing that you need, like you'll be a better person because of it. And this constant temptation to run from hard things. Now, it is so, so easy to do that. And I think when it comes to your kids or when it comes to anything that is involving neurodiversity or mental health or anything like that, it's like we have these true and tried things that we think you're supposed to stick to. And if you don't, it means you're just a bad person. Like, what if that's not actually true? And how often from our problems, do we just try to ignore them or try to run from them or just try to numb ourselves? And I'm really challenging myself um, recently. It's been very difficult, like super difficult to lean into the suffering and to be like, "I I don't know what else to do, but to try to bear this somehow. And it can feel overwhelming and it can feel impossible. And it can really honestly feel kind of hopeless. Like this is one of the reasons why I'm having like a tough time right now. Like with everything that's, that's going on without just going into details, it's killing me. Like, I don't know how this is going to end up. I don't know where this is going to go, but I cannot run from this. There is no um, resurrection without the cross. There is no cross without the resurrection. Uh, Balthazar talks about that a bunch, about how like th- we, in our age, there's this tendency to embrace one and not the other. We either want all resurrection or we want all suffering, and we, all we see is it. And I got some really encouraging words the other day 
from my mom and I realized how hard it is for me to believe this, which is like, like God has a plan and just trust in that and just keep trusting that and just keep going. And when it comes to things that feel so impossible, it can be super difficult to really believe that. It really can. I hate that about myself. I hate my unbelief. There's this line from a He Is Legend song, and it's they're telling a story, so it's not meant to like you have to keep this in mind. Like He Is Legend is a very weird band that very few people would like, but I adore them. And they tell like a lot of their um, songs are actually like almost like horror stories. And they tell this one where this guy's kind of he's insane. He goes, "I don't believe in miracles, but I believe in you." And I thought about that a bunch, and I was like, "Oh man, that's how I feel about God." Like if it comes down, like I want to believe in miracles, and I do, but like. Not really in my own life, kind of. Perhaps this podcast is a good example of miracle. No idea how we're still doing this. The miracle of friendship. Right, yeah. Friendship. And if I'm like, God, if I'm being honest, I don't believe in miracles. I believe in you. I don't believe in miracles. I wish I did. I really do. And I, I and like, but I, I, I struggle with that. And I, and with this, and with like, when, when you're going through things in life to feel like, I, I, I need a miracle. I need something, like, I don't know what else to do besides a miracle. It's super difficult for me to be in that position because I just don't, don't see it. Why I'm bringing this up with all this is like, sometimes all there is, this is where like profound faith and trust comes in. I trust in the Lord. I trust that Jesus is God. And so like when my mom told me just like that God has a plan, like my whole being went to scream. Like I used to think that I used to think that until my twenties happened, even now I'm so like, I'm like, you know, it's, it's, is it crazy? Even now that I still like, I remember talking about this in the early parts of, of the podcast. Like I'm so tempted by that. Like, do you, do you have a plan? Because I don't really get it. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. Fulton Sheen has this great thing. Like when, it, when, when the soul is confronted with suffering, like really profound suffering, there's only two responses. And they're typified by the two thieves crucified on either side of Christ. One is rebellion, take me down from this cross, save others. And the other one is resignation, remember me. He talks about that in the most like powerful terms. And, and, and I'm a Sheen fan, right? And when I hear him talking about suffering of, like, I don't know what, like, I don't know why the hell this universe exists where the only way it seems like we can really have maturity is through suffering, right? There's a profound thing where it's like, I'm either going to cling to you in the midst of the storm, or I'm going to let go and be drowned in the self, right? And those are the only two options. Suffering doesn't leave us any other option. We either become, we collapse in our egocentrism, or we surrender. But part of that surrendering is giving up the shitty paradigms that we had of a god a comic book suit, right? Hmm. Where he's going to come and save the day because it's another form. Like, like I think of Joel Osteen, like it's another form of rebellion, but it's a rebellion cloaked in the garment of the, of a false gospel. Like hmm. I believe in miracle. Like, okay. So for instance, there's a woman that I'm friends with who is not Catholic. And she was telling me the story of a young girl who is a preacher's kid, young girl, a college student. And she was invited to come. And this girl was talking about how she has this, Crohn's disease, and she has prayed for God to heal it, prayed for God to heal it, gone to all these charismatic prayers, Pentecostal, never been healed, and it's caused all these pain and uncomfortableness and all this stuff and horribly embarrassing social situation for a twenty beautiful twenty. And she said, you know, but I realize that I have to accept this, that this is a cross that I have to bear. And my friend, who does does not believe that at all, 
gets up and she gives the talk after her. She's like, to that little girl who went first, my friend told her, she was like, I don't believe that the Lord wants this for you. I think the Lord wants healing for you. I think the Lord wants this for you. And I remember as she said, she's like, can you believe that? And I was like, well, well, like maybe this, maybe the Lord, maybe this girl's salvation depends on how she handles her Crohn's. Like, I don't know. And you don't know either. And the Lord's not going to magically take it away. Like, what if this is the Lord's will for her? And you're being like, no, you don't have enough faith. Pray it away. I'm like, that's, that's simplistic. I mean, imagine saying that to Dave Van Bickle. I mean, and thousands of people said to Dave Van Bickle, we just need to believe, you know, you just need to believe in miracles. We magically stop. Stop saying shit like that to my kid. My kid. Oh, my gosh. Right? Like, that's what he said. Like, Holy oh, well, you just got to believe. And he's yeah. like, F all of you. No one believes more than me. I challenge you to a belief duel. I will win 10 times out of 10. <laughs> he will. Right? Like, he was such yeah. a man. <laughs> He's so much what a man. What a life. man. What a mighty good man. man. Said, yeah. <laughs> but. For him, it was like, no, the cancer. He's like, yes, a miracle could happen. Sure. Will it? Probably not. If it hasn't happened yet, it's not going to happen. The miracle is I got four more years with her in this cancer, three more years. And he's like, that's the miracle. Okay, great. Yeah. She should have been dead in four months. She died in four years. But I knew this end was coming. Hmm. And so we made the most of it when we were able to. Wow. There's a resignation there that looked suffering in the eye. And didn't say, I'm not going to give up, but I'm also not going to pretend like this is. Yeah. And in, in, in my head, there, there are like three ways you can deal with it. Like the stoic philosophers of like, I can use this suffering to be a better man. And Luke, I mean, as an outside observer, I'm just going to say this, not to be anything weird, but I think you are becoming a better man. I do. I mean, I'm not, right? I don't know how you take that, but I think you are, this suffering makes you better and i don't understand why suffering matures us right c.s lewis says it's a god's megaphone into our souls when everything's comfortable he whisper like it's a whispering mm-hmm. but when we become uncomfortable we can't help but notice these things. okay whatever but the the other level is like okay well then christ also suffered so you got the philosopher view that no suffering should be wasted i can become virtue then you have christ suffering and then you combine the two and you get the third level which is like yeah by accepting suffering even embracing it, i can it could become redemptive, whatever that looks like. And the problem is, I think you and I don't know what it, what the, what the end game is with the suffering that you're going through. You know, it's funny. I've, I've like, it's nice to be able to like talk about this a bit. Yeah. It's like one thing I can say with a little bit of distance is like, I love that you brought up the thing about the two thieves because that's that was so like particularly before Easter. Like, that was just on my mind. I was going back to that constantly. Oh, really? Okay. Constantly. I mean, yeah. So when you said that, I was like, okay, Lord, thank you. <laughs> like, but like that, like, yeah, like that can, you can even become like, I've, I've tried over and over again to make my disposition that of the, the repentive person on the cross yeah. because I was like, I don't know what else to do. So <laughs> here I am. Like, it's just, here I am. This is it. This Let's it. swing. And then swing low and then um (laughs) and then there's the like you know there is the other person who gets angry and i have found there are a lot of clever ways to get angry and i think what i was expressing was like one of those ways perhaps i don't even mean that it's just of just like it's not like it's like i'm trying right and just be like like continuing to go back to that period of like just remember me in your kingdom and i don't like what what a profound thing! I, I think like there, there's like there's a way to to there's a way to see that 
and to think that isn't that not quite cute, but like look at what the Lord's doing even for this guy. This guy is repenting. He had his last chance. We should always remember to repent. And that's true. Yeah. But there's this other way, which I still haven't unpacked yet, so buckle up. <laughs> which I wonder if there's something to it where it's like I don't know what else to say but this. Everything else is not possible. I am dying. I cannot fix what I have wronged. I cannot go back to the people that I have hurt. I cannot go and, you know, the guy, I think he stole stuff or something like that. I cannot replace what I took. Every other option to him is off the table but that. That is all he ha- all he has left. And I wonder, does he, like, did he know? Was he like, if, this, if you're real, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a limb here and say, like, I think I, think I see something here. And it, I don't know. That's just kind of like how confident like was he in that ask? And I, I don't, I don't mean that as in like I'm not trying to despair his faith. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. I think there's the, there's a way to like kind of gloss over the actually heroic ability to say, please remember me, because I see something here, and it seems like you are who you say that 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 you are. So I'm gonna like please remember me. That's all I got left. I am the true vine. You're a branch. You're a branch. You're not the vine. You're the branch. When you accept the fact that you're the branch and I'm the vine, then stuff can happen. But before that, it ain't. And the the most merciful thing Christ can do is disabuse us the notion that I'm divine. And I don't want him to do that. Hmm. Because vines have the tendency to produce grapes. Grapes have a tendency to be crushed to make wine, right? And you know who used that analogy to talk about suffering more than anyone else? Archbishop Fulton. Hmm. Like, think about that. We worship the God that loves us in the Eucharist. In order to make the bread, you must take the flour, the, the, the grains of wheat, grind them into dust, and then bake them in it. And to take the wine, you must get the blood of the grape only by crushing, pressing, drawing it out. And only then can it become, in his hand, the new wine. It's like, yeah, that's a great metaphor, but it freaking sucks, <laughs> right? Like, it sucks. Okay, it does, but guess what? Level two, Christ already went through it. There's this. Uh, I wrote this down on December of fifth, two thousand twenty-two, at ten twenty-one a.m. I found this quote. I was praying, and I was just, I needed to take a break from work. I think it was during work. I was like, I just need to pray for a bit. I was kind of feeling overwhelmed with with a lot of stuff, and so I found some stuff. I went back to that old um, Balthasar um line about paying attention to the saints and the and the church fathers. Yeah, I found this quote from Saint Andrew of, of uh, Saint Andrew on on the cross and I, it goes hail O good cross O admirable cross O desirable cross receive me into thine arms withdraw me from among men and restore me to my master who redeemed me through thee say that again hail O good cross O admirable cross O desirable cross receive me into thine arms Withdraw me from among men and restore me to my master who redeemed me through thee. He had nothing but his act of the will. He had nothing but his moment of surrender. You know, when you were talking about, what's the band that has the horror stories? He is legend. And is, are they a Christian band? Uh, I would say deep down in, in, in their hearts, yes. Oh, so it's a tooth and nail band? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> from a They've very from a very specific still. area from a very yeah. specific era again they're yeah. they're telling a story so it's meant to be yeah. someone who's like depraved okay so 
the interesting thing is that is the pattern of Flannery O'Connor. You ever read Flannery O'Connor? I haven't. I, man? I've wanted to. Yeah, it's their short stories. They're great. A good man is hard to find, but they're all shocking, shocking and terrible, right? Like there's a guy who murders all these people, murders children. Uh, so they they find this family and they go through and they shoot and kill every one of the family, including the children. Ugh. And the last person they're going to murder is the grandmother, not Granny. And she, and she's trying to get, but she's like the self righteous person. And so someone, and then she eventually gets killed. So the question is, that's a good man, it's hard to find. And the question is, why does she write all these macabre, like, horrific murder stories and, and shocking horror? And she said, to a deaf world, what was the phrase? To a deaf world, you have to shout. And so she uses the grotesque to wake people up, right? To grace. Every one of her stories is about grace. So a good man is hard to find. I think they call them, what do they call them? The beast, the monster? I can't remember. But the guy who's the villain, right? And there's a moment where she, like, puts aside all of her arrogance and pretense and, and all this stuff. And she's, like, she realizes, like, oh, I, I am in just as much need of repentance as this monster. And she starts to, and it shocks him. And he almost does. And then he blows her. Huh. But, that, like, that's the thing is those stories have a place. That's why Matt Fratt and, and, and um, his sister, like, Emma Fratt, those, mm-hmm. yeah, Emma, thank you. They have a place. Those stories have a place. True. Horror stories have a place. Well, Luke, this has been an interesting. This is good. Uh, I appreciate that. I also sent you in the uh, chat. The Feast of St. Andrew the Apostle. So I guess it was the Apostle? No, it's from St. Jean-Marie Vianney. You said. Thank you. As the saint. Okay, bed. that's right. Hail, O good cross, O admirable cross, O entire cross. Receive me into your arms, withdraw me from among men, okay. and restore me to my master. That's right. Sorry, sorry. I got a little c- confused. I was writing. I was going through an intense spiritual moment. You know how I be. <laughs> that's why I was confused. I was like, how does an angel write to <laughs> Yeah. I was like, what the heck? That guy didn't write anything. Yeah. You, you like, like, my brain started going like, wait a second. Here's an angel. Yeah. Writing. It was funny because as you were doing that, I was like, is his name St. Andrew of the Cross? Is he like a caramel? That's what I was wondering. I was like, oh, you know. <laughs> Look at us having the same silly Catholic <laughs> oh thought. It's so silly. You've worked in ministry too long when you're like, wait a second, listen. Yeah. Which Carmelite spirituality is this? <laughs> I would love to like see your face. Not, not, this song is very long, Go on. so I'm not. This is 8 minutes and 41 seconds. But I'd love to see you listen to the scene of the Legend song. It's crazy. Oh, don't. Gosh, don't, I don't. just made the mistake of pushing play. Don't. It's so great. All right, Luke, man. You all have right. a good one. I love you, my uh, friend. Special thanks to all of our sponsors. Yeah, uh, sponsor for this one. There is a sponsor. Hold, please. Ooh. Angie. Big, I want to thank you to oh Angie from St. Magnets. Can, oh, St. Magnets. They're back. They're awesome. You know, she said... I really want to sponsor Catching Foxes, but I love Luke, so I'm going to wait till he comes back. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> Six months later, she's back. I love, honestly, we still have all of Same. our St. Matthew. Everly loves all, them. She love loves them. them. Yeah. She loves them. She she played with them all the time. And you, if you go to if you go to Angie's Saintunmagnets.com and use the code FOXES20, you get 20% off of your purchase. Thank you to Angie's St. Magnets. I'm actually going to go buy some for Everly. She loves them. She loves them. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right, everyone. Bye. Good night. Why do you mock me, God? Um.
No. Because it's easy. <laughs> Go on. You make it so fun. <laughs> Me and Archangel Gabriel are literally dying laughing. We got a kick out of this. 